You're listening to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's style is very unique, where he shares the message of the gospel unlike anyone else. It's real, refreshing, focused, and fun. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's talk, you can always listen to, download, and even share this entire message with a friend right from our website, richardellistalks.com. So, with today's talk, here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Flashlight. All right. Turn to Psalm 119. Kill all the lights. If you have a Bible and you have a phone, I've asked them to turn all the lights out. So if you have a Bible and you have some other device you could pull out, pull that out and see if you can read with that. So all of the room, phones are coming on. So it was dark until just a little bit of light. And all of a sudden, all these little lights are coming on. So flashlight, right, can be a pretty powerful thing. Okay, lights. So a pretty simple demonstration of the power of even a little bit of light. Now I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this in the context of the scriptures. And I almost want to read you all of Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in all the Bible. I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but we're going to cover quite a bit of it, if not skip through and highlight some things. This passage is about scripture. It's scripture about scripture. So start with me in Psalm 119, verse 1, and let's track along here. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Right there, those few verses describe who's blessed and who are the people that are blessed. Christianity is not about learning information for the sake of knowing information. It is about knowing God personally. It is about learning things in order to apply those things, not just simply know them. So when he says, blessed are those who keep his testimonies, there's a difference in knowing what the testimonies are, what truth is, and doing what it says who seek him with the whole heart, not just randomly doing, going through the motions, but from the heart they are doing these things, they also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You say, well, it's not possible to do no iniquity. I promise you, if you keep his testimonies and seek him with your whole heart, your iniquity count is going to come down. It may not go completely away. You may still have some struggles, but it is going to come dramatically down. Those are the people that walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed. When I look into all your commandments, I will praise you with uprightness of heart. When I learn your righteous judgments, I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. How can a young man cleanse his way? So there's the question, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's one of the first things I memorized. That verse out of Psalm 119, 11. It's important to memorize verses about memorizing verses. So you're reminded of why it is important to have it. If you go look at the armor of God, the only offensive weapon is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So the only way you can fight back attack is with Scripture. 
So the enemy comes against you, you come against him. What did he do with Jesus? He lied to him, boom, 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 saying, you know, is it written? And Jesus would come back and say, no, that's not what it is. This is what it says. If you don't know scripture, you can't fight with scripture. And you get in those situations and you don't have any way to push back and you get taken out over and over and over again. Find you some scriptures that help you fight. Keep reading. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips, I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I rejoice in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. There's a nice prayer to pray right there. There's a great prayer. When you go to read your Bible, pray that. Open my eyes. You say, well, I can see the words. It's not just about seeing the words. It's about seeing what they mean. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul breaks with longing for your judgments at all times. You rebuke the proud, the cursed, who stray from your commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Princes also sit and speak against me, but your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I have declared my ways and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. So shall I meditate on your wonderful works. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Notice over and over, precepts, his word, testimonies, it's this constant referring to what God says. Remove from me the way of lying and grant me your law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. I cling to your testimonies. O Lord, do not put me to shame. I will run the course of your commandments. For you shall enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies, and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things. That's a great verse. That one just by itself. Turn my eyes away from looking at worthless things. Skip down to verse 59. I thought about my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. Simple, practical things. I thought about my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. Which way are you going? Which way are you aimed? Do you even know where you're going? Are you walking according to his word, according to his will? You say, no, I'm just kind of winging it. Why are you winging it? Because you don't know his word. It will guide you. Let's get down to that. Verse 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Some people say to me, well, why is all this problems come into my life? Because sometimes God uses affliction, troubles, trials to get our attention and get us to run to him and to his word to find answers and to stick with him. But now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep your precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted that I may learn your statutes. Skip down. I know it's just, I hate skipping over this stuff. Verse 101. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. You say, well, I don't feel any of this. It's interesting thing about faith and feelings. You say, I don't have any desire to do the right thing. I love my sin. 
stop long enough and say, okay, God, who do I know that's chasing my particular sin and how is that worked out for them in the long run? Just exercise a little faith, even if you have no feeling about it, just make an observation. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. And then verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, turn the lights, all I'll light that one more time. So I am in the dark up here. I cannot see, I'm on a stage. I could fall off the stage. So I have a light, I have a flashlight. So I turn on the flashlight. Now this light is very powerful, but I don't need to see a mile down the road. My challenge is right here, okay? Because this is where I am. This is where I'm stepping. You say, yeah, but you can see cars way down there. Yeah, and I'm pointing it way down there. I can't see it at my own feet. So I need light right here on my feet and on the path in front of me. If you've ever been hiking, you've ever been out somewhere in a dark place, you don't aim at what, you know, you may shoot it around there to see what's going on, but you get it back here to see what's in front of you, okay? Everybody got this picture? Okay, lights back on, please. Let's read it again. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You say, but what about tomorrow? What about down the road? You know what? Sufficient for today are the evils thereof, the scripture says. You know, if I went around the room again and said, how many are just trying to make it today? You say, well, I may not even make it through today. I got this. I'm trying to quit drinking. I'm trying to quit smoking. I'm trying to quit stealing. I'm trying to quit lying. You know, I'm going to quit for the rest of my life. You can't do that. You can't even do it for an hour sometimes. Try it just for where you are. And you say, Lord, give me scripture to take it one step at a time so that I don't fall in a hole somewhere, fall in a pit somewhere, stumble, step on a snake, whatever it is. You need light for each step for the path that you're on. You say, well, I don't believe that. Then notice where you end up apart from his word, apart from chasing him. And you go, well, how did I end up here? How did I end up in this situation? Keep reading. I have not departed from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey. Again, you go down to verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Go down to verse 130. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. You'd be amazed if you sit down with a new Christian or reminding a Christian who's been a Christian a long time, simple scripture. Somebody says, I'm just really afraid. I'm overwhelmed with fear. You come back with what? God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if you got fear, where did you get it? You got it from somewhere else. But he's given us what? Power, love, a sound mind. It's a three to one ratio, fear or power, love, and a sound mind. But if you don't know that scripture, you don't have anything to push back with. What time I am afraid, what am I gonna do? I will trust in you. So you say, well, those just seem like silly little scriptures. When you're in the dark, it ain't silly anymore. You get in a dark place where you need some light, and his word becomes a lamp under your feet, a light to your path. And you can see, if not for any other thing, but just then, right there, it's a very comforting thing. Keep reading down here, 130. 
The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for your commandments. Look upon me and be merciful to me, as your custom is toward those who love your name. Direct my steps by your word, and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Now, if you're comfortable highlighting stuff in your Bible, this is stuff you can underline. This is powerful truth. Direct my steps by your word. Let no iniquity have dominion over me. Proverbs 6, verse 20. My son, keep your father's command. Now you say, well, I didn't have a dad like this. You got a book. You got the instructions. Read the instructions. You say, well, it would help to have someone help me. Then get someone to help you. Pick out some older man, some older woman, and say, look, nobody told me this growing up. It looks like this son and this father have some kind of relationship that I didn't have with my dad. I had no one to show me, so I'm just out here winging it. Can you help me? Yes, we have people who can help you. Pick someone who is going where they're supposed to be going, though. My son, keep your father's command. Do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. When you awake, they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the law a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Again, this reference. To keep you from the evil woman, from the flattering tongue of a seductress, do not lust after her beauty in your heart, nor let her allure you with her eyelids. For by means of a harlot, a man is reduced to a crust of bread, and an adulteress will prey upon his precious life. Can a man take fire to his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared? So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her shall not be innocent." People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he's starving. Yet when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. He may have to give up all of his substance of his house. Whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He who does so destroys his own soul. Wounds and dishonor he will get, and his reproach will not be wiped away. For jealousy is a husband's fury. Therefore, he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will accept no recompense, nor will he be appeased, though you give him many gifts. Be careful. Be careful. Go to Matthew chapter 5. Now, I'm not going to have the lights turned out again, but let me read you this verse out of Matthew chapter 5. Verse 14, Jesus says this to them and to us. You are the light of the world. People should be drawn to us because they live in darkness and they can't see. And so when they get near us, all of a sudden they're with someone. So you say, well, I don't have a flashlight. Someone on the path has one. You go, hey, can I walk with you? I can't see where I'm going. And you get near that person. Why? Because you become the light of the world. You are the one that Jesus puts in the situation in the darkness that exists and people see Sometimes because you can see, because you are that light. You shed light in the darkness, and they're drawn to that light. It's kind of like, it's not a bug light, but kind of similar. It's not to get zapped, it's to be able to see. So you have to understand, as a Christian, you are the light of the world. You say, well, then why are more people not drawn to that light in me and drawn to where they can see, I can help them along the path and see what's up? Because of the next few phrases, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. So you put a city up here, the lights of that city, everybody can see it. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. Okay, so I've got this 
black thing here that wraps around the podium, and I'm in a dark place, and I have a flashlight with a bright beam, and I take this blackout cloth, and I wrap the flashlight up in this cloth. You say, well, what fool would do that? How's that helping anybody? It's not. So why would you cover up the light that you have when the light is intended to shine where you can see, but also for others? Keep reading. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. So you put the lamp up there where everybody can benefit from it. Is there any chance that you have put your light in a basket somewhere where nobody can see it? And how much sense does that make? Well, I just, you know, I don't know how that happened. Let me give you one way it can happen. Sin. Sin. And your light, it's not put out. It doesn't say anywhere here your light goes out. It's just hidden. So you still got light. It's just not doing anybody any good. Let your light so shine before men that they may see, and this always kind of confused me. It says here, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So when your light's shining, they see your life, your good works. Why do they see your good works? Because you're doing what the book says, not just studying what it says. You're applying it to your life, so your life changes. When your life changes, it changes because you're doing something different, and they see your good works, and then what happens? You don't get the glory. He gets the glory. That's how you know it's working. Because it's so bizarre to people how you're living that you could not be living the life you're living without someone else. So they go looking for some other source. It's the example I give to people about the moon. The moon is an ugly, dead piece of dirt ball orbiting the earth. And yet some nights we go out and go, oh my gosh, the moon is so beautiful tonight. You're crazy. What are you talking about? That's like picking up a dirt clod and going, oh, how beautiful this dirt clod is. Like, what? It's a big dirt clod. So everybody knows it's a big dirt clod, but yet we look up and, oh, we snuggle up and start kissing on each other because of this piece of dirt orbiting the earth. (laughs) What causes the reaction? It's not the moon. It's that the moon is in a position to reflect the sun. So get in a position to reflect the sun. And don't let your life be eclipsed by the world. When the world gets between the sun and the dirt clod, (laughs) this treasure in earthen vessels, I'm nothing. I got nothing. But boy, when I get in the right place, he puts me in the right place and says, watch this. Anybody with a brain sees the moon and looks for the source. They see what the moon does, but then they glorify your father who's in heaven. Just let him put you in a place to reflect his glory and let the light shine. Now, we call it moonlight. The moon doesn't have any light, but we call it moonlight because it's reflecting off of that planet, that moon, that dirt clod. Is this making sense? Okay, I'll keep going. It doesn't sound like it's making sense yet. John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life. Look at this, track this. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it or could not take it over. Darkness never can take over light. You can take light out and there'd only be darkness. But if you insert light into the equation, darkness flees, cannot overtake it. 
But it's interesting to me, this sequence here, in him was life and the life was the light of men. If you have Christ living in you, you have life and you have light and you are, as the previous scripture said, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine. A little song you sing as a kid, this is the light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No. <laughs> I'm going to let it shine. Now, see, I learned all the songs, but nobody told me how to live the songs. Live the songs. Live the scripture. Now, one last little piece here is in 1 John chapter 1 that kind of brings this very practically together. 1 John chapter 1. Go all the way back to Revelation and take a left. And you'll bump into some Johns. Not the same kind as we talked about in Proverbs. I hear the Snickers down here. All right, 1 John chapter 1, verse 4. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Given that, if we say that we have fellowship with him, with who? With God and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then the indicator of that is this. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So you say, well, how would I know if I'm walking in the light? Listen to me, very simple. Do you have fellowship with other believers? If you don't, you don't. You aren't. Well, no, I'm a Christian. I didn't ask whether you're a Christian. When you walk in the light as he is in the light, you have fellowship. You say, well, I have fellowship with God. Probably not, not like you're supposed to, because if you can't get along with people you can see, how are you going to claim to get along with a God you can't see? Go to 1 John chapter 2, last little section here. 1 John chapter 2, let's go down to verse 7. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. They say, well, now I'm going to be upset. No, you're not. You're already upset. I'm not making you upset. If you hate your brother, you're already upset. You're just upset because we're calling it out. He who says he's in the light and hates his brother, in other words, a fellow Christian, is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. So back to where you're in darkness, now you're stumbling. Part of the reason you may be stumbling around is you got issues with a brother or a sister, someone in the family. You say, well, I'm not resolving that. Then don't be shocked if you stumble around in the dark for the next however many years. And why nobody's believing or biting on your bait that you're a Christian and come follow Jesus. Dude, you look so angry, no one wants to have anything to do with your Jesus. Look what he's doing for you. How many people are eaten up, consumed with hatred for someone else and can't figure out why their life doesn't work? Richard will be back in a moment to wrap up today's talk. But first, I want to share a couple of thoughts with you. Let's be honest, real life isn't about living some highlight reel for others to see. Most people have deep hurts, questions, and struggles. Well, we get it, and we want to help you in any way we can. So let's keep this conversation going. You can give us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. You can even put in your prayer request right there on the prayer wall. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD or online at richardellistalks.com. And now let's get back to Richard with a final word on today's show. 
But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And that's talking about Christians. So I can take this same piece of cloth and just tie it around my head like a blindfold and say, I'm going to keep hating my brother and wear this the rest of my life and wonder why it is that I stumble and trip over everything in my path because I have no light. I can't see. I've chosen to live blind. There's a quote by Robert Louis Stevenson. He says, he who knows the precepts by heart but faileth to practice them is like unto one who lighteth a lamp and then shutteth his eyes. And what kind of sense would that make? Now, you say, well, you got me. I'll admit you got me. I hate my brother, and that's why I'm in darkness, and I'm staying this way. Wow, that's just brilliant. You're going to burn the only life you've got up living in the dark, stumbling around or going nowhere, and wondering why God doesn't use your life. Let it go. Forgive. Stop hating. Go read Matthew 18. He's forgiven us so much. Let the person go but they deserve to die. So do I. So do you. I got mercy. I got grace. I get it every day. Dispense some of that. Get back in the light and dispense some light and see if that doesn't change not just your world, but the whole world around you. Thanks for listening today to Richard Ellis Talks. We're confident that the program blessed you and we want to hear about it. One way is to give us a call and let us know. The number is 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is to drop us an email. Jump on over to our website, richardellistalks.com, and click on the Connect tab at the top. We'd love to hear from you. And while you're there at the website, there's a ton of great stuff there just for you. Things like all of the talk from Richard, a prayer wall where you can leave your prayer request, and a whole lot more. Check it out, richardellistalks.com. Finally, we love doing this program for you, but we're so grateful when you hop on board to help us with the cost. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD, or you can contribute through the website. It's easy and much appreciated. 855-6-RICHARD or richardellistalks.com. Until next time, God bless you, and thanks for listening to Richard Ellis Talks. Richard Ellis Talks.